Amen. God's word never returns void, but always accomplishes that for which he sends it. So when he sends forth his word, it always accomplishes exactly what he sends it. So we talk about salvation, we talk about healing, talk about grace. When that's the word that's going forth, I want you to know that it never returns void, but it always accomplishes its original intent. And so as we uh, look into the word this morning, as you hear the word this morning and you hear some emphasis on the healing power of God, know that that's God's word being sent forth and it never ever returns void, meaning that it will accomplish that intended purpose for which it was sent forth, in this case, it will result in healing in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Praise God. So if you uh, have your Bibles or whatever device you may be using to read along or follow the verses on the, script, on the screen behind me, we're going to be looking at Psalm 103. I'm going to read the first five verses. So why don't you all stand up this morning as I read the word? Psalm 103, the first five verses. Let all that I am praise the Lord. With my whole heart, I will praise his holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. He forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. He redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things. My youth is renewed like the eagles. You may be seated. That's a powerful, powerful section of scripture as the psalmist is reflecting, making a commitment that he will always be thankful and praiseworthy with his entire heart and remembering to praise the holy name of God and reflecting on all the good things he does for me. You know, sometimes it's really good to reflect on the good things he does for us. As there's a lot of, uh, still a lot of conversation about the year 2020, what a uh, unique year it was, and, and a lot of challenges came with the year with the pandemic and things being shut down and so forth. But you know, if you really, I want to challenge you that if you really stop and think about that, in spite of it all, God has been good. God is faithful and God has been good and we really have a lot of things that we can be thankful for in spite of what the enemy is, uh, uh, has uh, thrown against us. There's so much to be thankful for and that's exactly what the psalmist is doing here. Not saying that life is always good and there's n never any challenges but in the, in, the, in the middle of whatever the enemy is bringing up against us in whatever challenges we may be facing we have, if we stop and think about the good things that God has done for us. We have plenty to be thankful for. And in case you may be thinking, well, I really can't think of anything, the psalmist went ahead and listed a few that we uh, can think, of, think upon and reflect on. I want to share those with you this morning. In, uh, in verse 2, he said, let, let all that I am praise the Lord, and may I never forget the good things he does for me. Then number one, it begins in verse 3. He said, he forgives all my sin. Everyone say, all my sin is forgiven. Sin is forgiven. Say it like you mean it. All my sin is forgiven. All my sin is forgiven. Amen. All your sin is forgiven. Jesus Christ paid the price. He shed his blood at Calvary's cross, and our sin is forgiven. Also, that word forgive can be translated as pardon, which means to spare someone, to relieve someone of the burden of their offense, their burden of their offense. In Isaiah 55 and verse 7, 
The last part of the verse says, he will forgive generously. He will forgive generously. Then the New King James uh, translation of that same verse says, he will abundantly pardon. Abundantly pardon. And say abundantly pardon. And so we have, we have much to be thankful for, beginning with the reality that he forgives us. He forgives all our sin. He abundantly pardons. He forgives generously. He forgives generously. I received a text message this week that had an attachment to it. It was a picture of a pardon from, from our, the governor here in Pennsylvania, Governor Wolf, a young man that received a pardon. And I happen to know this young man. He grew up in church. And, uh, and uh, in his, later in his teenage years, he kind of took a, a detour, got himself in trouble, and ended up getting arrested with, and was arrested with a felony offense and spent a couple nights in prison and uh, rededicated and committed his life to the Lord. And since that particular time has, you know, come back again and is serving God faithfully today. But I know personally, because I walked with him through this process over, over a period of many years, that because of this felony offense against him, it made life much more difficult than it needed to be. Every job application, he had to give explanation for this felony. Any financial uh, applying for credit or whatever, this felony would keep reappearing. And it was a real burden. It was a burden, but the process of uh, some years ago, I'm guessing at least, I'm saying 10, perhaps 15 years ago, started the process of applying for a pardon from the governor of Pennsylvania. And this process was very tedious, it was laborious, it was uh, a lot of paperwork, there was uh, legal fees involved in it, there were letters of recommendation. I was one of the individuals that wrote a letter of recommendation that this person be, be pardoned and you know, they've, they've shown themselves worthy and so forth and, and just for a pardon to, 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 to be granted to this particular individual. And so it was a real, it was a real, black mark on his life and anything that he tried to do, like I mentioned financially, he wasn't allowed to vote, he was, you know, it was always a, a challenge when he went to uh, uh, apply for jobs. It just, it just kept reappearing and reminded him of guilt and condemnation, of, of, a, of an offense that, was, that, was, that occurred many years ago. The good news is, is he finally received the pardon. And he sent me a copy of it this week, and we celebrated with him, we rejoiced with him, we're so happy for him. Amen. And I thought, that is so cool. Then I'm reading this particular psalm, and the psalmist is saying, he forgives all my sins, he pardons me, and Isaiah, in the book of Isaiah, said that he, he will abundantly pardon, he forgives generously. So thank God that my friend received the pardon from the government of Pennsylvania, and it's now completely off his record. No more record of whatsoever. He can now apply for financial credit. He can apply for jobs. He can do whatever he wants to do, and it never, ever reappears. It's like it never happened. Thank God for it. Amen. And the young man I'm speaking of, his mom and dad are sitting right here. Mr. and Mrs. Thomas, their son, their son Drew. I don't think he'd mind me telling this story. He's probably telling the story himself. So thank God that he's free. But you know what? As good as that is and as liberating as that is, think about God, your heavenly Father, who abundantly pardons. He forgives generously. That is something for us to rejoice about because he forgives all of our sin. Amen. You say, Pastor Ray, I thought you were going to talk about healing this morning. I'll tell you what, having a revelation of being forgiven of all your sin is some of the best therapy you can have for anything that ails you. 
Amen. You talk about receiving the healing power of God in your body. It's, it's number one, know that you are forgiven of all your sin. You say, why do you say that? Because so much of what people wrestle with, so much of what Christians wrestle with, they wrestle and, and they, they have this guilt inferior condemnation complex and thinking, well, I brought this on myself. I deserve this. And I really, I really don't need to bother God with this or, or this is, this is punitive for me because of uh, deeds that I have done. There's, there's, there's a, a, a lot of wrong doctrine when it comes to people receiving the healing power of God. And it begins with, they have a, we have a hard time receiving the reality that I am forgiven. I am forgiven. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm forgiven. And I look at him again and say, and you are forgiven. Thank God that he forgives us of all of our sins. There's no guilt, no condemnation. We are free to receive. And that's one of the things the psalmist is emphasizing here, that we are to praise the Lord. We are to remember this and never forget that we are free. There's some times in my life I'll be doing something and, uh, and some random thought of something in my past, and I'm thinking, why did that come to me? And it has to be for no other reason than the enemy trying to make me feel guilty, try to make me feel condemned, try to make me feel that I, that I don't deserve what I have, and I don't have a, I don't have a right to be believing God for, for what I'm believing God for, because after all, after all, you know, you did this, or you did that, or you said that. Now, don't be sitting there trying to figure out what did he do. I'm pardoned, so forget about it. I'm not going to tell you. You don't need to know. And if you're stuck on that, we're going to get you unstuck. <laughs> Amen. It's not very exciting anyway. <laughs> what I thought was bad was not really all that bad <laughs> compared to when I found out what real sinners do. But anyway, <laughs> I thought I was bad until I met you all. <laughs> Praise God. So thank God he forgives us of all of our sins. And really, it is, it is so important to be freed up in this area, to know that you are forgiven, that Jesus paid the price once and for all. He shed his blood. We are forgiven, not because God is choosing to overlook our offenses, not because he's indifferent to it and really, you know, it's really not that big a deal, not because there's this grace that it really doesn't matter what we do. That's not what grace means. Grace simply means that where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. So where sin is abounding, the grace of God, the forgiving power of God abounds even greater. You can still be forgiven and you are still being forgiven, not because God is, uh, thinks lightly of it or kind of chooses to overlook but because he so loved us that he sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ, to Calvary's cross to die, to shed his blood for the remission of our sin. It's a finished work. Jesus paid the price. It's been paid for at Calvary. He did die at the cross. He did shed his blood. He was buried on the third day. He rose again, which we're going to celebrate that to a greater degree on what we call Easter Sunday. But that is a historical reality. He forgives you. He has forgiven you. He continues to forgive you of all your sin, past, present, and future. If we have an offense, we are instructed in the word of God to confess our faults before him. He's faithful to forgive us and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Amen. That is a foundation where to build your life upon. That is the foundation to receiving what all, every, all the benefits, all the good things he has done for us. First and foremost, he, you are forgiven. 
You are forgiven. Receive that this morning. Don't keep putting that off. If you never received Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, as the forgiver of your sin, know that the price has been paid. You don't need to be carrying the guilt and the condemnation. Open up your heart and, and receive him and, and ask him to come into your life as the Lord of your life, the forgiver of your sin. And He's more than ready to come and, 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 and to abide with you and to forgive you and, and the scriptures give the description of that you become a brand new creation. And so receive that today. Don't put it off another moment. He is for you. He is not against you. So just take a moment and do that. You can do it right now in the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord. Just open up and receive him. So the psalmist is saying, remembering all the good things he does for us. He forgives all our sins. He heals. And, and then he, the second part of the verse there in verse 3 says, he forgives all of our sins and, everyone say, and and heals all our diseases. That reminds me of a New Testament scriptures found in Acts chapter 10 and verse 38 where it tells us how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power and he went about doing good and, conjunction, doing good and healing all who were oppressed. And so here we have it again. He forgives all of our sins and heals. Also in Isaiah 53, verse 4 and 5, it talks about how he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And, everyone say, and? And by his stripes we were made whole. And so there's salvation, there's forgiveness of sin and healing of our physical bodies. But they were, both of the both were paid for in the full at Calvary's cross. So he forgives our sins and heals all my diseases. And then verse four says, and, and he redeems me from death. He crowns me with love and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things. My youth is renewed like the eagles. So I like that. He heals my diseases. He redeems me from death. I think the new King James says he redeems my life from destruction. So, Jesus Christ paid the price in full for each and every one of us for our sins, and by his stripes we were healed. So we're never to forget this, that he heals all of our diseases, that he heals all of our diseases. In Matthew chapter 9 and verse 35 tells us that Jesus went about the villages teaching. He was teaching the word, teaching the gospel, and he healed every kind of disease and illness healed every kind of disease and illness, redeems us from death, healed of every kind of disease and illness. Psalm 107, verse 20. Psalmist is talking about a group of, a group of individuals that were knocking at death's door. They were so weak and so emaciated they couldn't even, they couldn't even eat food anymore. They were no longer taking nourishment. They cried out to the Lord. Psalm 107 and verse 20 says, he sent his word and healed them from the door of death. He sent forth his word and healed them from the door of death. So there's no 
limitations to the healing power of God. You say, wow, I wish I were in that service because I really need the healing power of God. The presence of God is here to heal because we're talking about the gospel, the healing power of the gospel. So the power to heal is present, but the power to heal is present in that word wherever you may be hearing that at this very moment, the healing power of God is present to heal. Jesus sent forth his word and healed them. He's sending it forth right now, right where you are, whatever time it is, whatever day it is, the word is being sent to you. Receive it and receive the healing power of God that's invested within that word. There's healing in the word. And I love the fact that it says he healed them from the door of death. There's never a time for us to give up on someone. Well, we'll pray for them, but then a couple weeks later, we find out they're not doing so well and it doesn't look very good. And so we give up and say, well, we'll just give up now. <laughs> I remember one time I received a prayer request through the ministerium that I'm a part of, and one of the ministers was in a very dire situation, and their prayer request was to pray for this person. And I remember receiving that, and do you ever just kind of sort of pray? Did you ever just kind of pray? Sort, you know what I mean? You kind of sort of pray. I sort of prayed. I kind of just prayed, oh, Father, thank you in Jesus' name that, that he's healed. And, but I really wasn't even focused in on it. I was still kept doing what I was doing, so I called that sort of praying. And I went about doing my next thing, and I sensed the Holy Spirit speaking to me. He said, if, uh, if I ever needed prayer, if I was ever in a situation like he's in, and people prayed for me like I would pray for him, I would probably die. Because I didn't take it serious at all. I just kind of, you know, I read the email and threw up a prayer and went on my merry way. <laughs> Basically, gave, you know, say, well, did I give up? I, I don't know if I gave up. I never engaged in the first place. So we must never give up. We must remain engaged. These people were at the door of death. Turn uh, in, your, in the Bible in John chapter 4. Again, I say turn to it. That's because of uh, old habits die. Not very easily, right? <laughs> So I remember one minister said he's going to have someone make an app for all your phones that when you're looking at it on the phone, it's going to make the sound of pages turning. So in John chapter 4, we have a, a, a record here of the nobleman's son being healed. But I want to read these verses to you. Begin reading at verse 46 through 54. I want to tie this in with what we just talked about. The psalmist sending his word to these people that were at, at, at death's door. And John chapter 4, verse 46, it says, As he traveled through Galilee, he came to Cana, where he had turned the water into wine. There was, a, there was a government official nearby Capernaum whose son was very sick. When he heard that Jesus had come from Judea to Galilee, he went and begged Jesus to come to Capernaum and heal his son, who was about to die. About to die. Jesus asked, Will you never believe in me unless you see miraculous signs and wonders? The official pleaded, Lord, please come now before my little boy dies. So let's, let's, not, let's not get into doctrinal debates. Let's, let's, you know, my, my boy's about to die, and you're asking me all these theological questions. Could you just knock off the theological question? Just please come. He's about to die. Would you please come? Can you hear the, 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 you know, the, the heart of the, of, the, of the person here just really say, listen, he's about to die. Please come. The official, in verse 49, Lord, 
Please come now before my little boy dies. Then Jesus told him, go back home. Your son will live. Go back home. Your son will live. And the man believed what Jesus said and started home. While the man was on his way, some of his servants met him with the news that his son was alive and well. He asked them when the boy had begun to get better, and they replied, yesterday afternoon at one o'clock, his fever suddenly disappeared, suddenly disappeared. Then the father realized that that was the very time Jesus told him, your son will live, and he, his entire household, believed in Jesus. This was the second miraculous sign Jesus did in Galilee after coming from Judea. So walk through this just one more time. The little boy is about to die. Jesus is being requested to come. And Jesus, rather than going to the home, he simply told the man, he says, go back home. He told the father, go back home. Your son lives. Your son lives. And the man believed what Jesus said, and he started home. The man believed what Jesus said. I say, the man believed. My question for you this morning is, do you believe the word spoken by Jesus? Do you believe in the spoken word? Psalm 107 and verse 20, Jesus, they said he sent forth his word and healed them. He sent forth the word and healed. We have to get beyond our tradition, whatever your tradition may have been concerning how healing is administered. There's many different ways in the word of God, how people receive their miracle healing. Uh, Pentecostals and charismatics seem to be stuck on the fact that you have to lay hands on them and anoint them with oil. That is certainly ways that people receive their healing. That is scriptural. There's a, there's a doctrine of the laying on of hands, and one of the uses of the laying on of hands is for praying for the sick. But there's, a, there's other ways that people are, are healed as well, miraculously through the gift of faith, uh, through the gift of healing. Uh, but here we have it where the word, the spoken word of God, God's word being spoken over you is sufficient for you to be, for you to be well. These men were at the point of death and they were made well, they were healed. This young boy was about to die and the father believed what Jesus said and he left the presence of Jesus and was walking home. The last he had seen or heard about his son as he was about to die, he was pleading with Jesus to come, please come, he's about to die. Don't, don't burden me down with theological debates right now. Just please come and heal him. And Jesus said, uh, just go on home. Your son will live. And the father believed that word, and he believed it to the extent that he began his journey home. And on his journey home, the people met him and said, your son is alive and well. Notice the transition here. This is what I want you to receive. Whether you're here, those of you that are here in the service or you're watching online, is that this person, that this young man, said, this man said that his son was about to die that's found in, in verse 46 or 47. His son was about to die. And when the story is transitioning here, when Jesus spoke the word and told the father to go back home, he receives word in, 50, in verse 51 that the son is alive and well. 
That's the transition I want you to experience. I want you to experience whatever it is that makes you feel like you're about to die. You're going to transition into that place because you believe the spoken word of God. You believe that you are forgiven. There's no guilt. There's no condemnation. You believe that, uh, that he shed his blood for the forgiveness of your sin. And you equally believe that by his stripes, you are healed. You were healed. You believe that word and you are transitioning from I'm about to die to I'm alive and well. How is it with you? It is well with my soul. I am alive and I am well. You believe that this morning? Hey, give God a great big shout out for that this morning. No matter what you felt like coming in here, you're leaving here alive and you're leaving well because you believe the word of God. The man believed. You have to, when I read that, I find I, I ask myself the question, what did he believe? What, what brought about that transition, that transformation from about to die to being alive and well? What made that transition come about? What, what's brought about that miracle? What brought about that reality in this young boy's life is the man believed. The man believed. Everyone say, the man believed. The man believed. Now make this declaration. Say, I believe, I believe. the word of God, word of God. Spoken. spoken can heal my body. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you believe that this morning, yes. you really believe it this morning, that you can have that, you can also experience a transition for I feel like I'm about to die. I feel like I'm knocking on death's door. You say, well, I don't exactly feel that sick. Well, you may be afraid. You may be received a diagnosis that didn't look good, that there may not be any medical cure for. But I want you to know the word of God spoken. The word of God spoken will bring about the transition, will bring about the transformation to being alive and well in Jesus' name alive and well. It's much better to be alive and well by being almost dead. Amen? I'd much, much rather be alive and well. And thank God for it. Thank God for that. There's another story in Matthew 8. If we could have Nathan, if you come out, we're going to close with another worship song. But what we're going to, in Matthew chapter 8, there's another story in there of the centurion who had one of his servants one of his servants was not doing well. And he pleaded with Jesus to come and, and, and to minister to him and ask him to, to uh, Jesus said, I'll come to your house and I'll heal him. It's interesting how this Jesus offered to come to this man's house and the other man invited him to his house and he didn't come. He just simply sent his word. Here he's, being invite, here he's just being invited to speak the word. And Jesus said, no, I'll, I'll, come, I'll come and heal him. And the man said, no, you don't need to come to my house. I'm not even worthy that you come to my house. Simply speak the word. That's found in Matthew chapter 8. And Jesus said, I will come and heal him in verse 7. The officer said, Lord, I'm not worthy in verse 8. He said, I'm not worthy to have you come into my home. Just say the word from where you are and my servant will be healed. I am speaking the word from where I am right now and you can receive your healing power into your body. You can go from being almost dead to being alive and well, just as uh, the nobleman's son and just as this uh, centurion's uh, uh, servant, he, he was healed in Jesus' name. And he bases on the fact that he said, listen, Jesus, uh, I know 
Joseph, if you'll just speak a word, if you'll just speak the word, my servant will be made well. And I understand this because I am in a position of authority and I can, a military authority that's been given to me by the government. Therefore, when I make a command, my soldiers obey me. I tell them to go, they go. I tell them to come and they come. And just as I give a military command and, and they obey my words that are spoken, I know that when you speak the word, when you speak the heavenly word, when you speak the gospel, when you speak the word of God, all of heaven backs it up, just like the government backs up my military authority. All heaven backs up the word that you're speaking. I know if you'll just speak the word, my servant will be healed. And Jesus marveled at that, and he said, I have never seen such faith. That's the greatest faith I've seen. Not even in Israel have I seen that type of faith. So if you wonder, what does it really take to be a person of great faith? It's real simple. Believe the spoken word. Believe the spoken word when it's spoken. You say, well, I need to speak it. It's really good when you speak it, but it's also very helpful when other people speak it in agreement with you. So we are going to transition from being almost dead to being fully alive. You say, well, physically I'm not almost dead, but perhaps your dreams, your visions, your zeal for life, your zest for life, you're just kind of like, you're just going through the motions. That can be made alive again. There's so much that God can resurrect. Relationships can be resurrected. Health can be resurrected. The healing power of God to be resurrected in your bodies in Jesus' name. Amen. So why don't you stand to your feet? I'd like to pray a prayer over all of us in general. If you have something specific that you need prayer for, I want to ask you just to really reach out to God. It's the spoken word of God the spoken word of God, and it's going to be spoken over you, and you receive it today as a word from heaven. It's not Pastor Ray's word. It's not my authority, but it's the authority in Jesus' name. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you and we praise you for the authority of heaven. In the commission for the church, you've commissioned us to go into all the world and to share the good news of the gospel and that and we are to lay hands on the sick and that they would recover. So I thank you, Father God, that's one form of healing. And also thank you, Lord God, that we are instructed through different types throughout the word of God as we've seen today in John chapter four and in Matthew chapter eight and in Psalm 107, how the word of God was spoken and the people received their miracle. They received the healing power of God. So right now, all over this sanctuary, wherever you are, whatever your need may be, whatever the physical need may be, specifically physical need, you reach out right now. Just reach up your hand up to heaven and thank God for the spoken word. Father, I speak your word over every circumstance, over every situation. I don't know what they are. I don't need to know what they are. But I do know, Father God, that you can transform form from circumstances that look like they're almost dead to being fully alive in Jesus' name. And Father, for those that are viewing this and listening to this online at whatever time, at whatever place, may the healing grace of God be manifested even to those, Father God, right now, this very present time, and even in the future as this is being viewed and listened to, Father God, I thank you that the spoken word of God, that there's healing in the word. There's healing in the word, and you're bringing about transformation in all of our lives. Transformation from whatever's broken, you're making it whole. From whatever is wounded, you're healing it. 
Whatever's wrong, you're fixing it in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord God, and we purpose to always remember that by your stripes, we were healed just as by your shed blood, we've been forgiven of our sin. Free of guilt, free of condemnation, free to receive the healing grace of God. Redeemed our life from destruction. So don't think that you can't receive it because you brought about the destruction on your own, and now you're just simply paying the price. is far greater than that. God's mercy is far greater than that in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Everyone say amen. 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 And let's worship the Lord just as a way of thanking him. Just go ahead and seal this by worshiping him as if you really believe it, that you're healed in Jesus' name. Is your love for us? 
You feel